Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this time and this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray, Father, for none of me but all of you. Think through my mind, speak through my lips of clay. Father, give me the tongue of the learned that I may know how to speak to them who are weary. Make my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. Father, speak to your people. May I speak as the oracles of God, as your mouthpiece, as your pastor, prophet, teacher to these people. And Father, I ask you would speak into their lives wherever they are, and I pray that you will accelerate them through the spoken word of God by the Spirit of God moving in their hearts and lives. As they hear the word today, may there be grace deposits, things that are deposited in them that will bear fruit for decades and will carry them into eternity with what they hear today. Pray that there will be more than challenge, but they will be changed, transformed, more than inspired, they would be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you as I step into those offices that you've called me to, according to the will of God, I do not speak out of my mere humanistic or human mindset, but I speak from the mind of Christ as we relate to your people, what you have on your heart and your agenda. And Father, I thank you for the authority we have in Jesus. And I take authority over the devil and I bind him from hinder, trying to hinder or cause um, distractions to, away from the word and the moving of the spirit. And I thank you even now you're dealing with people's hearts concerning what you want to communicate with them. I thank you that they have hearts that are softened, hearts that are open. May we all be like clay or putty in the hands of the master. And may you place inside of us a desire for more of you and, and a desire for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And I thank you, Father. I praise you and I give your name glory and honor. Lift up those hands with you. Father, I thank you, and I pray you grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be flooded with light, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them who believe. Grant unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I covet the gifts of the Spirit. May the gifts of the Spirit be in operation. I thank you for that word of knowledge. I thank you for that word of wisdom. I thank you for discerning of spirits. I thank you for diverse kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. I thank you for prophecy. I thank you for the gifts of healings and the working of miracles and the gift of faith. 
I pray, Father, these nine gifts will be in operation as you see fit. We covet these gifts, the gifts that are needed for this service, for this time. We pray and we covet these gifts, these gifts be in this manifestation as I minister to your people. Now, lift up your hands and declare your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We love on you, Jesus. We thank you for dying in our place. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for sending your son to, to shed his blood for us. And we praise you. Open your mouths, people of God, and minister to your maker, minister to your savior. Uh, we worship you. We magnify you. There is none like you in all the heavens and all the earth. We declare your holiness. We declare your goodness. Oh, Father, may your, may your glory be manifested like never before. And we thank you for these things. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, so today we're, we're not going to talk about the consistent Christian. We'll talk about that next week. But today we're going to talk about persistent prayers. Everybody say persistent prayers. So this is actually a, a part two of prayers of the kingdom. Last week we talked about the prayers of the kingdom. How many have been praying the prayers of the kingdom? Amen. And the week before we talked about kingdom prayers. And so in this series, um, Kingdom Living, the series, we're actually um, exploring prayers. How do you live out the kingdom of God in your life, right? The name of our church is called Kingdom Living Ministries. So how do we live out the kingdom? And so one way in which we live out the kingdom is through kingdom prayers or prayers of the kingdom. When we pray from God's agenda and God's mindset, and so I don't have a lot of notes. I, I only have like this. Uh, <laughs> so y'all going to have to, you know, pray with me as we minister. So prayers of the kingdom, part two, persistent prayers. Everybody say persistent prayers. Persistent All right. And many Christians um, that I know of pray, you know, pray. They pray daily. They pray throughout the week. They're praying on their jobs at school or at home, in the community, driving. How many of y'all pray while driving? All right. How many got a PhD in prayer on the go? <laughs> prayer on the go. The prayer on the go is a blessing, all right? And there's something about it. You just on the go, and you're praying, and you communicate with God, and you're talking to him. And then there are consecrated time or times set apart where you're praying just you and God, and there's nothing else to distract. Now, what what tends to be a temptation is to always pray on the go and never to pray alone. So you're going to have to fight for the time of just of you and God and nothing else. Turn off the cell phone. Uh, don't, if it's an emergency, do you believe that God is able to communicate to your spirit that it's an emergency that you need to get out and answer the phone? Right. And so you don't always have to say, I got to keep my phone on me. I, you know, that that is a, a, a element of fear. Of being afraid. So you don't have to be afraid that God can communicate with you. And I've had him do it where I had my phone off and the Spirit of the Lord says, go check your phone now. And it was something I needed to give attention to. And, and usually you get into that when you're going beyond just an hour. And so you do need some time alone with God, whether it's 30 minutes, 20 minutes. We, I used to have a thing where it's called 20 minutes of power. And that's 20 minutes of spending time with God. It was 10 minutes of reading the scriptures and 10 minutes of praying. And within that 10 minutes, five minutes of praying in tongues and five minutes of praying in your native tongue. So 
that's a good place to start. That's what the Lord gave me for teenagers. And you all are not, most of y'all are not teenagers. <laughs> Uh, and so you should probably beef that up a little bit. <laughs> and and if, if you have to start 20 minutes, that's fine. But you don't have to necessarily stay there. You want to grow. And I'm not, it's not about the hours, right? It's not about, I spend eight hours praying, right? And, and usually when people spend, tell you how much hours they spent praying, um, it, it, it creates an element of pride. You can pray a whole lot. And no one else knows, right? Amen. You pray in secret. Don't tell people, I'm praying eight hours. I'm praying. I mean, the Lord leads you to tell people to pray, that you're praying for them. But you don't always have to tell people that you're praying for them. Because you don't want to get the glory, right? You, just, you can just kind of keep that between you and God. You can be praying for your enemies. You can be praying for your loved ones. And no one else has to know but you and God. And you want to develop that. And the same way with if you, do, if you decide to pray beyond your normal time, you don't have to go around telling everybody that you've prayed, you're praying eight hours or six hours or 20 hours a week, right? It, it brings no glory to God. God is not concerned about the quantity, but the quality of prayer. That's a good title right there. <laughs> the quality of prayer, the quality of praying. And I think sometimes we think the quantity outweighs the quality. You see, 20 minutes of prayer and faith is greater than eight hours of praying in doubt, right? Yeah. And so you can pray in doubt and unbelief for 20 hours, and you can pray five minutes in faith, and that five minutes of faith will carry you longer or has a greater weight in the spirit than those 20 hours of doubt and unbelief. So it's not just the form of prayer, the um, the 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 formulas of prayers or the, the mechanics of prayers, uh, let me bow down. And, and you should, if you can, get on your knees and pray. You should. There's something to it. There is something to bow your knees. And, and one of the words in uh, the Old Testament for praise, it, it, it means um, to get on your knees. And sometimes it, 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 it also means to lay prostrate. And it's good to lay prostrate before the Lord. I think sometimes we get so comfortable with the Lord that we, we don't honor him. And we think that he's just like us. And we talk to him like we, he's our homie. Right? We don't need to talk to him like, and I'm not taking away the intimacy of talking to him as a friend, but your friendship with humans should not be the same with your friendship with God. And there should be our honor, and there should be a respect, and there should be a way. God tells us how to approach him. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. So you don't come in, yo, yo, God, I love you, God. Yo, you know, you did your thing. I mean, if you talk like that, that's fine, but you, it has to be some type of honor and respect and not just bringing God down to our level. You know, a lot of times, I have often have said this years ago, um, everybody sing this song by Israel, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Well, if you don't do what he says, he don't call you friend. <laughs> You're not a friend if you don't obey him. See, his friendship is different than ours, right? You know, friendship with God is obedience to God and not just, oh, he's my friend. He's that kind of friend. He'll stick with me. He stick closer than a brother. And that's true. But if you reduce the honor and you reduce the respect that he is God, then you'll lose out in the end. You know, sometimes people are praying and they really are praying to themselves. There's two guys that Jesus referred to who went down to pray, 
And one guy actually came down and he bragged about all the stuff that he was doing and how, you know, he's not like this sinner that he's praying beside, right? He, he's, he's bragging about it. And the Bible says that he prayed with himself. And then the other guy came and says, Lord, I'm a sinner. Have mercy. I, I'm not worthy. And, and, and his prayers were effective. And the other guy's prayers were ineffective. We don't want to pray where it's bouncing off the ceiling. But we want to not bombard heaven. I know Christians say that. I'm bombarding the gates of heaven. Listen, I don't want my prayers to be at the gates of heaven but I want, it, want them to be in the ears of the Father. And I'm not at outside of the gate, and we're not outside of the gate, or bombarding. We're sitting at his right hand. Ephesians 1, let's go over there. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with what? Every spiritual blessing. So you're already blessed. You don't need to be praying to be blessed. You're already blessed. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And it says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of earth, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us. And it goes on. Now, King James says, we are seated together in heavenly places. So we're not just outside of the gates of heaven, but we're actually at his right hand. There's no other being that is seated at the right hand of God outside of Christ and those of whom he has redeemed. So we're not just at the feet of Jesus, but we're at his right hand of the Father. We, that's, that's our place in Christ. We're seated together in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. We're seated together in heavenly places in Christ. Let's look at that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Uh, let's just start with verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy. Everybody say, but God. Being rich in mercy, right? So God is rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And by grace, you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us, what? With him, where? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So your seat with God is on the right hand of God the Father. That's where you're seated. That's where you are. You're not just outside of the gates. So we don't want to bombard the gates of heaven. We want to speak to his heart, to his ears. Amen. 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 That's where we are. And so our prayers is not just going to be you know, to the ceiling, but our prayers are going to his heart. Our prayers are going to, going, going to his ears. The Bible says that he delights in the prayers of the righteous. God delights in your prayers. But what happens is many Christians are not praying, so therefore there's nothing for them to delight in. Or they're not praying enough. And some people don't pray because they believe that they're not, their prayers are not answered. Or they get frustrated because they prayed the last three years and they didn't see any of their prayers answered, so therefore they stop praying. They're frustrated in prayer. They don't see the results of prayer. But it could be that they're praying wrongly. 
Let's go to James real quick. James, we're talking about persistent prayers. Persistent prayers. None of this is in my notes, by the way. Persistence prayers. Um, James chapter 4, verse 1. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have. So you murder, you covet, and cannot obtain. You fight and quarrel, and you do not have, because you, have, you do not ask. In other words, you have not because you ask not, right? Verse 3, and you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So the reason why some people's prayers, uh, some things are not answered is because they don't pray. John Wesley says it's as if God can do nothing unless humanity prays. Let me say that again. John Wesley said that unless humanity prays, it seems as if God can do nothing. It seems like his hands are tied. So you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask from a wrong place. Your motives. How many know your motives got to be right? Why do you want to get out of debt? Why do you want to get healed? Why do you want to be prosperous? Why do you want to be married? Why do you want to have kids? Why do you want to be divorced? Why do you want to be separated from divorce? I mean, what are your motives, right? What are your motives? So you got to check your motives. Why do you want, want God to bless your business? Why? Why do you want to get this degree? Why do you want to get, have this career? What is your motive? So you always got to check your motives. You always got to check why you want something. And the reason why some people, when they do pray and they don't receive, is because they're asking from a wrong place. They have wrong motives. Man, that's good. I'm telling you, it took me a lifetime to learn. You got to ask from a right place. Why do I want God to bless my son? Why do I want God to bless my daughter? Why do I want God to bless my parents? Why do I want God to bless so forth, right? You got to think about, see, y'all stop stuck on why I ask God to bless my daughter. I know some of y'all. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I'm trying to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you want to pray from a place of why do you want God to answer your prayers? What, what, what is, don't even look, what is, what's the motives behind your prayers, right? Why do you want a daughter, right? <laughs> so you can walk down the aisle with her. <laughs> You're going to rob me up now, sorry. <laughs> All right, let's not get in flesh. All right, persistent prayers. <laughs> All right, let me get back in the spirit. Everybody say persistent prayers. <laughs> she said it with some gusto. All right, let's, all right, so you don't want to pray from a wrong place. You want to pray from a pure place. You want to have... <laughs> She's on her knees. Lord, give me my twins, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> so, persistent prayers. All right, so I, I had, I, I, I love words, right? Uh, and I looked up what 
<laughs> what it means to be persistent. Don't judge me. Because sometimes we, we say things, right? Um, I, I had a, a title. Um, I looked up a word, and, and I was going to use this word, but it, it's more negative than positive. Y'all want to know what the word is. I'm not going to tell you. And so I was going to use that word, but a lot of times in our culture, we use it in a positive sense. But the root meaning of it is like oppressive, <laughs> oppression. And I was like, I can't use that word because it, it, it kind of like gives the wrong, um, the wrong meaning. I think sometimes we use words and we don't really know what they really mean. And so the word, thank you, the word persistent is this. Uh, it, it says refusing to relent, continuing in the face of opposition. Sometimes we, we, we give up in prayer when there's opposition. We pray for protection and we have the car accident and we say it didn't work because we had the car accident. But we, don't, we fail to see that we didn't die in the car accident. So if you hadn't prayed, perhaps you would have been with the Lord tonight, today, or that day. So I think sometimes we, uh, uh, Lord, you didn't come through. No, we, he didn't come through like you expected him to. You can't tell, you can ask God what he promised, or you can stand on what he promised, but you cannot tell him how to do it. Amen. Or how to, come, what to, what channels to come through. Lord, bless me, increase me, right? And the Lord may increase you in one area or in a, from a different channel, and yet you're looking at perhaps just your job. There, how many know that God has a million ways to prosper you? Amen. Your job is just a channel, but not the channel. It's a source. Going to college debt-free, right, or going, to, going back to school, is, there are other ways in which God can bless you other than student loans. That, that's that one amen, two amen. But God can bless you in ways to go back to school without taking out student loans. Yes. There's scholarships, there's grants, and there's opportunities and so forth. So God can connect you with a job that will pay for you to go back to school. So there are other ways in which God can bless you. So sometimes we limit God to just one channel, oh, on. one way. Or we're expecting God, oh, God, use me. And when he decides to use you, he doesn't use you in the way that you want him to be to use. Perhaps he's going to use you in the background where you won't get any credit and no one knows your name. <laughs> and you're not in the forefront of the kingdom. And he puts you back in the desert and where you're with the sheep and you're praying for people and you're doing miracles. And yet he doesn't bring you to the forefront. Perhaps he takes you and sends you to prison, or not actually going into prison, but I'm saying sends you into the prison to preach, right, to have a prison ministry, and yet no one knows your name. So it's not good to always put stuff on social media about what you're doing because you're, you're going to receive your reward because <laughs> you're letting other people know. So hide. I mean, when I say hide, do your good works in, in private. Do your good works. Don't go around boasting, I did this and I did that and my church did that and we fed the homeless or we did this and we, I mean, you don't have to tell everybody that. You can do it in private and allow God to reward you openly. Amen. 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 So the word persistent means refusing to relent, continuing in the face of opposition. When opposition comes, sometimes people stop praying. But you, you, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep praying. You got to push until something happens, right? Pray until something happens. Praise until something happens. Come on, worship until something happens. Keep confessing the word until something happens. Um, um, persistent means to be stubborn, 
constantly repeat it. I love that. Constantly repeat it. The breakthrough comes when you keep doing what you've been doing, that is applying the word. And one day, as you continue to apply the word, then one day you see breakthrough. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, of a machine, and usually it's like in Chuck E. Cheese or different places where you have um, the little coins, right? And you put the little coins, and it just it pushes it up a little bit, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, and so you keep pushing it, you keep putting a coin in it, and it pushes up a little bit, and you want to take that thing and shake it, right? I, I know I've been tempted. I want to kick it, like, yo, let me give it all these coins. And so, but if you keep putting it in there, right, and it hits the right one, then you're going to get a reward, right? That's what happens when you continue to, to apply and be consistent in your walk and applying the word. Then one day, all those prayers and all that, those confessions and all those hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, will kick in and you'll have your breakthrough. And what happens is people stop right before the breakthrough. They, they, they give up right before the breakthrough. I want to encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't waver. Don't, don't lose heart. But keep applying the word. Keep living right. Keep not compromising. Keep speaking the word. Keep praising God. Keep giving. Keep worshiping. Keep coming to church. Keep reading the word. Keep, keep witnessing. Keep doing your job unto the Lord. Keep doing it. It doesn't matter. We don't want to, be, we don't want to do stuff for eye service, right? You know how you work and when the boss around, you're doing the most. And when the boss is around, you just like, yo. This is the Lord is good. Rest. I'm going to be like the Lord and rest. And when the boss comes, I'm going to work. Don't be like that. That's eye service. We, don't, we should not do stuff for eye service. Or when praise and worship is going on and, and people are around and you look, hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. And then when no one's around, you're, right? You, eye service, right? <laughs> Are you saying the most confession around everybody? Oh, the Lord will meet my need. And then when you, when everyone's around, I mean, everyone's gone and you by yourself, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And you say the opposite of what you've been saying in front of others. Eye service. We got to be careful for eye service. We shouldn't praise for eye service. We shouldn't pray for eye service. Public prayer is very dangerous because you can pray, you can portray yourself in one light but in another, you're, you're something else. Uh, Jeannie Wilkinson, who was a prophetess back in the um, 60s and 70s and 80s, she prayed. She, her, 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 one of her quotes is, she desired to have her private prayer life stronger than her public prayer life. And so we should desire to have a strong private prayer life. I'm talking about where we are people of prayer and we pray like heaven depends on it and no one knows about it. We have encounters with God in prayer that no one knows about it. God speaks to us in prayer and you don't go around telling. If you go around telling everything that God speaks to you in prayer, he'll stop talking to you. And every time you pray, you always get a word from someone else. You are not listening correctly. And you always got to correct someone else because you're receiving a word from God about somebody else. God, the Holy Spirit, will speak more about you to you than you speak to you about somebody else. 
So every time you pray, you always got a word for somebody else. You need to check that. That might not be the Holy Spirit. They may be a familiar spirit, a critical spirit, a judgmental spirit, always telling you to tell somebody else what God what's wrong in their life when you are refusing the correction of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Persistent prayer. Being able to face and continue, continually, um, continually repeat it in the face of opposition. So don't stop praying when you're facing opposition. Pray in the good times and pray in the bad times. Pray in the ugly times. Pray, pray, pray in the beautiful times. Pray when things are going well. Pray when things are not going well. Consistent Christian, right? The consistent Christian. I'll remain attached permanently for a longer than normal time. Remain attached permanently for a longer than normal time. Remaining essentially unchanged over a long period of time. So persistent prayers. You're not going to stop praying when things are not going according to you, the way you want them to go. I think we pray. Sometimes we pray when we're, we're in a place of um, we're desperate, right? Or we're facing a lot of trials. And when the Lord comes through for us, we stop praying. How many have been guilty of that? In the time of prosperity, there's less praying going on. So does he have to allow, allow these troubles so that he can keep us on our knees? The Bible says, I'm paraphrasing, Jerusalem, um, the church at Jerusalem, they, the Christians were comfortable and they weren't fulfilling the Great Commission. Then God allowed persecution to come and the Christians were begin to spread, scattered, and the gospel was spread. So persecution was the fuel that they needed for the gospel to be spread. We get comfortable when things are going right. We get comfortable in our life when all the finances are in and you have more than enough and your body is well. What are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? Are you still praying? Are you still coming to church? I'm telling you, the temptation in the time of prosperity is to not, not go in, not be persistent. When things are coming, when you're not facing those exams, <laughs> then you're not praying as much, right? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I got that A. And then once you get that A, you're good. You, you stop praying like you were. But prior to that A, you were praying. You were sweating in prayer. You were fasting and you were, oh, God, I love you, God. I worship you. I need wisdom. How do I pass this class? And he gives you the grace to pass the class. And then you're like, peace out. <laughs> Persistent prayers. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Y'all hang on. I'm not going to hold you long. First um, Thessalonians chapter five. Persistent prayers, prayers of the kingdom. Now we, we talked about these prayers of the kingdom. Uh, it'd be nice if the pastor finds First Thessalonians, right? First Thessalonians chapter five. Let's look at verse seventeen. You should be familiar with this. It says, "Pray without what? Ceasing. Ceasing. Pray without stopping." Men should always pray and never faint. So always pray. When, when, when should you pray? All the time. Now, that doesn't mean that you always have to pray for people all the time. I mean, when I say that, if somebody is going through, oh, let me pray for you. 
I'm going to tell you, that's annoying. It's annoying because it's not always you, you tell somebody to pray for you, pray for me. It is, it's not always needed for you to pray for them right there. And it is like, oh, let me pray for you. Oh, yeah, I'm going through. Oh, let's pray about that. Oh, uh, uh, you know, things, things are great. Let's pray about that. I mean, it's just like it's, it becomes too much. It's over the top, right? Is it just me? And I'm not trying to be carnal, but I just it's annoying for people to always try to pray every five seconds. Uh, you know, like you talk about, oh, the world is going to hell. Let's pray for the world. Uh, uh, you know, um, my dog is sick. Let's pray for your dog. I'm just like, man, just chill. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it becomes too much. I mean, it, it, it's a religious spirit. It's not from the spirit of Christ. Because the spirit of Christ would know when to pray, when not to pray, when it's appropriate. It's not always appropriate to pray in your, your meeting, your staff meetings. Right? It's not, I'm, I'm talking about publicly. Oh, let, let's pray. Now, there are times that I've prayed for my supervisor, a bunch of unbelievers around the table. She was AKA. I actually prayed for her. I actually prayed for her in front. They called upon me to pray for her for healing in the middle of the staff meeting. I didn't ask for it. I really didn't want to do it, but I did it because I was called upon. So let, let the Lord call upon you. Let your gift make room for you to pray instead of you forcing it. Some people force that prayer. They force prayers on others. Be careful of that. Be careful of forcing prayers on others. Allow God to move on their hearts for, you, for that, those prayers to be invited. Amen. So pray without what? Ceasing. Pray without stopping. So as a Christian, privately, you need to pray. Private, you and God, you talking and communicating with God, communion with God on your bed when you're laying down at night or in the day. Lord, I love you. I worship you. And I just take time and I pray and I worship you. Or praying in the car, praying, walking, praying at the job, praying, um, praying in the bathroom, praying, praying before you eat. Praying doing you while you're eating, Lord, I thank you for protecting. I mean, I mean, just I mean, all kinds of prayers, right? <laughs> I mean, when you go to other countries, you know, and people present stuff to you, you're like, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that no harm will come near me. In the name of Jesus, no tape worm. In the name of Jesus. I mean, I'm serious. I went to Mexico for a month, went to Jamaica for a month, and, and people present stuff to you, and you're kind of like, oh, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> And you're just like, this is norm. It's okay. And the Bible says, eat what's before you. And you're like, okay, Jesus. Oh, what is that? That snake. Oh, Jesus. The blood. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I'm not really, I'm fasting during this missions trip. <laughs> I'm on, you know, the Lord's called me to a fast. But I saw you with that tuna, that tuna, the can of tuna. <laughs> and when I went to Uganda, I didn't know what the food was going to be like. So I packed like, um, like a lot of um, uh, tuna. Tuna cans, right? I bought, and it would be dumb for me to have these tuna cans without having something to open with. So I bought like that, and, and I bought these bottled water. I said, I don't know what's going to be there. And I get there, and they, t they have this food, and I'm starving. I'm like, and, and it's, I know there's a way to do, act like you're eating when you're not eating. Right, I'll show you that one day. And so, and you know, you just around, because sometimes you go places and you, 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 you eat, right? Um, at, you know, they fix your food, and you just don't know what they're doing in the back, especially down south. You don't know what they're doing with the food. And so you just kind of like, you just got to play it off. Like, hey, yes, 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, you just don't know what's going on in the food. And the Lord is like, don't eat that. <laughs> You'll be in the hospital tonight. Uh, and, so, um, and so I didn't know what to do. So I had these tunas in my in the, in the back. But the food was so good, I gave the tunas to the people. And they flipped out. I said, this is good. I said, you never had tuna? I had the little crackers, the Ritz crackers. They was like, oh, this is I said, this is what we do back home. <laughs> At least some people. Can. Oh, that had nothing to do with it. Um, persistent, right? <laughs> Um, pray, pray all the time. That's basically what I'm trying to say. You got to pray all the time. There was a, a guy by the name of MC Hammer. He, he had a song called, you got to pray just to make it today. So most of y'all are too young for that, but, um, you got to pray just to make it today. So these kingdom prayers are these prayers of the kingdom need to be prayed for years until you go see Jesus. So these prayers, you don't ever stop praying these prayers until you enter into eternity. These are the last, last two weeks we talked about these prayers. We went through scriptures from Hebrews 13. Um, we, we talked about 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. These are prayers that you need to pray until the kingdom of God is fully manifested. So I want to take you through, before, I want to take you through some other prayers, um, persistent prayers that you need to pray. These are prayers you should never Stop praying. And before I do that, one is you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to pray. How many know you need the Holy Spirit to help? You need his help. You need his help. You cannot pray effectively outside of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has been sent as your teacher, as your guide, and he's your number one person that will guide you into prayer. Amen. 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 Go to Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. This is likewise. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many have some weakness? All right. You're lying if you don't. Right? Help us. But one of our weaknesses is this. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. One of the weaknesses of Christians is we don't know what to pray for as we ought. We pray soulish prayers. We pray based on human relationships, based on feelings. So asking the Holy Spirit to help us in prayer. So this scripture right here says, for we know not how to pray. Oh, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. So we don't, we know how to pray a little bit, but we don't know how to pray as we should. There's a higher agenda in prayer from the kingdom's perspective than from the earth perspective. God is more concerned about his master plan than your comfortable life. That's a mouthful. God, God can care less how comfortable you are. He will make you uncomfortable. He will put you in uncomfortable situations so that the fruit of the spirit can grow in your life. He will allow that person to drain you so you can depend on him more. He will cause people to be in your life to develop patience. He will allow circumstances. He will allow trials and tribulations in your life so that patience can be worked out in you. Amen. I know that's, that, that, that I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all saying amen, but that is the reality. You're going to always face a trial. Nothing is going to be perfect on this earth. 
You're either at, the, I'm, I said it every Sunday, you're either at the beginning of a trial, middle of a trial, or the end of a trial, and then you go right into another trial. You're going to always face something. You're going to always have to believe God. You're going to always have to trust God. You always got to believe God for your health. You always got to believe God for more money. You always got to believe God for relationships and wisdom. Come on. Amen. You always got to believe God for guidance and direction. That, that, that you, we're in a fight as Christians, and as Christians, we're called to be persistent in prayer. How are we going to overcome? It's through prayer in the Word of God. Yeah. Understanding how to pray in the midst of your circumstances, in the middle of your circle that you're in. Willing to learning how to pray, learning the art of prayer, learning how to be skillful in prayer. There are a lot of people that I know of do, that are not skillful in prayer. I don't want them to pray for me because they don't know how to pray. They're praying foolish prayers. Be with PD. I don't need him to be with me because he's already with me. Don't pray be with me. Thank you that he make PD more aware of you because you're already with him. Amen. We need to develop. We need to pray the answer. Pray the solution. Oh, God, I got all these bills. Well, what's the solution? I thank you. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm so low. Nobody loves me. But I thank you that you love me back on the cross through Christ. I thank you that nothing can separate me from your love through Christ Jesus. I thank you. Despite how I feel, I thank you that you love me with an everlasting love. Your love for me does not change. Isn't that a whole lot better than, Lord, no one loves me. I have no friend. I thank you that you're a friend to the friendless. I thank you that you stick closer than a brother. I thank you that you'll never leave me no forsaken. I feel so alone, God. You're praying the, you're praying the problem instead of praying the solution. Oh, God, I'm just, I, I'm so afraid. God has not given me the spirit of fear, so I resist fear in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid. The love of God is perfected in me, he, and it drives out every tormenting fear. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of losing my life. I thank you that my life, my life is in your hands. I thank you you're adding years to my life. I thank you, Father. I praise you, Father. I live out the number of my days, and I'll fulfill every one of your plans, and I will not give up, and I will not cave in. And I will, that's, what, that's how you should pray. Instead of, oh, me, woe is me. No, I just, can't, I just can't get a break. Wake up. The world can't get a break. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we act like we're ex we're the only ones going through. We are not the only ones going through. We're not. I'm telling you, your worst day is someone got a day worse than yours, right? On your worst days, God still is God is still good. Amen. I mean, remember the song, and I play it from time to time. I won't complain in my, you know, in the good times, and I won't complain. I refuse to give echo to what's going on. I don't know. I do not judge God based on my circumstances. I judge God based on His word and on His faithfulness. Just because things didn't go my way doesn't mean that God is not good. I'm not moved by what I see or feel, but I'm only moved by the faith that I have in Jesus. Amen. 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 And so here you have the spirit himself. Um, we do not know how to pray as we all, but the spirit himself. Notice it says himself. King James says itself. The Holy Spirit is not an it. it the, the Holy Spirit is a person himself. The spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And it goes on and talks about this praying in the spirit. And so we need to depend upon the Holy Spirit in prayer, persistent prayers, prayers of the kingdom. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Let's go there real quick. My time is slipping away. Luke chapter 1, 11, excuse me. Luke chapter 11, 
We're talking about persistent prayers. What, what, what does persistent mean? I'm, I'm testing your knowledge. <laughs> what does persistent mean? Stubborn. Stubborn. Not stopping. Continually repeated, right? I, I, like, it's like a song. I have a bad habit of this. Well, if I get a song and I love a song, I play it to the life of it. Right? I mean, I play it over and 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 over. And 10 years later, I'm still playing that one song. Am I the only one? <laughs> All right. Uh, there, there's a song by Fred Hammond. It's called Hear My Cry. And, I, I, and, and people that were around me at the time, and, and Pastor Brass, some of y'all have met him. He was my roommate at the time. I lived that, that song. I played it throughout the night. I played it when I woke up and washed dishes or cooked breakfast. I played it on the way to work. I played it at work. I played it on the way home. And then I went to my my, my church at the time, the prayer center, and I prayed, played it while I was praying. <laughs> I, I played it all the time, right? <laughs> um, this right here is telling us persistent prayers is to pray all the time. You, you just have a lifestyle. You cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. You're constantly talking to the Lord, constantly communicating with the Lord. Smith Wigglesworth says he never prayed more than 15 minutes, but he never went 15 minutes without praying. Right? He never prayed more than 15 minutes in a setting, but he never went 15 minutes without praying, awakening hours. I, I think that would change our world. People who pray, they, there's something about them. They are walking with God. They just walk with him. It's like them and God, they're just walking. And they're talking with him. And they're communicating with him. And he's communicating with them. He's speaking to them. And they're, they're just talking to the Lord. Walking with him. They're taking a walk with the Lord. That's persistent prayer. You need to, we, we need to walk with the Lord. Lord, what are you saying about this situation? It says, I need your wisdom on this. And I thank you that you say you'll grant unto me wisdom if I ask in faith. I thank you for the wisdom of God. And I just praise you. What should I do? What am I missing it? If you, if you find yourself going for a long period of time and your prayers are not answered, you check upon yourself. Don't, don't blame God. Maybe it's the will of God that I not get this. What if the woman of Isha Blood said that? <laughs> Maybe it's the will of God for me to still stay in this condition. But she persisted. She said, no, no, I'm going to touch his garment. And when I do, the power of God is going to go into my body and deliver me. And yeah. Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Don't touch God with your faith and not just your feelings. Touch God with your faith. Keep walking with God. Keep communicating. And when your prayers are not answered, check up on yourself. The first place I check up on is my forgiveness, my love walk. Where in the world have I have unforgiveness towards a person? God, I go back and I say that boss who, who said something or that racist person that says something or that person that put me down. Uh, God, I, I, I check upon myself, that person that hurt me, that person who left the church and, and, and just, just ran my name around the corner. God, Lord, God, I, did I forgive him? That boss, that pastor that did me wrong, that, that, that singer, that, that artist who took advantage. And who, God, Lord, Lord, where, where have I missed it? Are y'all with me? Lord, that, that loved one that hurt me so bad that I still have ill feelings towards them when I see them or think about them. That person who said that comment on my Facebook page. God, 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 did I, Lord, Lord, do I have anything against them? This is real life. And, and these are real feelings. Feelings are not to, um, they're just to inform us, but we're not to live by them. 
And you got to check on that. Don't allow those ill feelings to develop because they're turning to, to bitterness. And they'll sting you and you'll be bitter. You'll fall from grace. Tyler Perry. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, this is awesome. All right, so um, check up on yourself, right? And then if you if you have forgiven everybody, and you you have no ill feelings, and you walk in love, then what was the last thing God told you to do that you're not doing? The Lord told you to pray extra, <laughs> and you didn't pray. The Lord told you to give extra, or to witness, or to shut your mouth when you were running it. I mean, what was the last thing that the Lord told you to do? And you check up on that. Okay, God, I see that. Um, one area, I, I'm going to just be transparent. One area that I have been um, disobedient in is, is, is uh, moving out in the gifts, right? Um, there's times that God will give me something. I'll just sit on it and sit on it. I ain't saying nothing. Uh, you're going to have to come down like an angel and tell me, speak it out. <laughs> and so recently, I just made a decision. I'm just going to go for it. If I miss it, I miss it, right? You know, sometimes you miss it, right? You give a person a prophetic word, and it's off. Y'all act like y'all haven't done that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and then sometimes you hit it, right? But, you, and, but until you step out, God is calling you to step out sometimes. Hmm. God's moving on me to pray for somebody in a wheelchair. What if they don't give up? Go ahead. I mean, I pray for a lady. She, I was pushing in a wheelchair. I was working in a hospital. And um, I, she was on dialysis. And so I prayed for her kidneys. And I commanded her kidneys to kick in. Well, there's one of the kidneys that wasn't working. And nothing seemed to happen, and I, but I prayed in faith. I spoke in faith, and I went about my way. She's like, young man, what church you go to? I told her what church I went to, and I didn't see her anymore. And so she, um, two days later, her kidney kicked in. Y'all right, do understand that that doesn't happen. Her kidney kicked in, and she couldn't find me, so she, called, she found my church, and she told my church, and the church called me and said, listen, you pray for a lady, she was on dialysis. She's no longer on dialysis. Right? Amen. But what if I never prayed for her? What if I never stepped out? There was a guy, and you often heard me tell the story, the guy who got shot behind his ear seven times. He was deaf. And, 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 and uh, me and Pastor Brad was flowing in the gifts. And Pastor Brad says, you pray for, pray for this man. And God's going to open his ear. So I command his ear open, and boom, his ear open. He was like, this Jesus stuff is real. What if I never stepped out and, and commanded his ear to open? And I'm thinking about the, the dozens of people I've prayed for legs to grow out. And, and the Lord grew their leg out. That's something to see when the leg is shorter than the other and you command it. And when, before you can say, in Jesus' name, it grows out. Y'all act like I've never seen that. <laughs> okay, we got it. We <laughs> but yeah, that's, the com that's the common. That's, that's old PD, right? Y'all don't know that PD. P radical big PD. Jump on the devil, you move. <laughs> like, like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> you try to get everybody here. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so you gotta not stop. Don't don't stop praying. Um, don't don't give up. And and Jesus was praying in a certain place, verse eleven, chapter eleven, verse one. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray." And as John taught his disciples, and Jesus began to teach them how to pray. Now, the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer, is really not the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer because the Lord doesn't need to pray, forgive us of our sins, right? Because he never sinned. So it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer as if the Lord is doing that praying. He's not, the Lord was not praying this prayer. 
he was teaching them a model. And it wasn't for it to necessarily be this is the only prayer that you pray. It's just a model, all right? And, and so, like the disciples asked the, Jesus how to pray, we should ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. So say that. Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Okay, I got two last passages. Philippians chapter 1. Let's go. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Persistent prayers. Prayers of the kingdom. Persistent prayers. Verse 9. And it is my prayer. This is Paul praying for this church. This church Paul, Paul was in prison. All right, not because he did something wrong before preaching the gospel. Next time you're in prison, mentally, emotionally, why are you in prison? He's in prison because he preached the gospel. And he said, it is my prayer that your love, this is prayers of the kingdom. It is my prayer that your love, he's in prison and he's praying for these people. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Let's stop there. He's praying that the love that they have received from the Father will grow. Their love for God and their love for each other. He's praying for their love to grow. How many know that's, that's another level? Most of us don't pray like that. Most of us only reduce prayers to our needs, our physical needs, our financial needs, our emotional needs. But Paul is praying for their spiritual needs. I pray that your love may abound, that your love will grow. How many know love can grow, right? Um, hatred can grow. Uh, the more you love God and tell God how much you love him, the more you want to obey him, right? You, you, love, you can cultivate love. Love begets love. And so he's praying for their love to grow. Why? Because he earlier said in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, love is the greatest. Out of all faith, hope, and love, love is the greatest. Love is, is the commandment. Love one another as we love, uh, uh, love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Love one another. These are two of the greatest commandments. And so he's praying for that love to grow. You need to pray for your love to grow. But he didn't stop there. He says, I pray that your love will grow, uh, 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 may abound more and more with what? Knowledge and all discernment. Sometimes people are, they're, they're, they're walking in love, but they have no knowledge. Ignorant, right? They're ignorant. They love, I love everybody. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but they're ignorant. Like they, they have no knowledge with that love. Um, love, God's love will kick you out. Oh, you don't believe me. Let me give you some example. Um, Lucifer, God kicked him out. Um, Adam and Eve, God kicked them out. What's love got to do with it? Everything. Tough love. We call it tough love, but it's that love of God. Love of God will make you go. The love of God will allow you to be hungry. You don't work, eat. Don't, you don't eat. Do not feed a person who don't work. Whoa, that, that went over pretty big. You don't work, you don't eat. Because God's going to use hunger to get your butt to work. He says, you know what? You need to starve. How many of y'all have been on a forced fast? 
<laughs> Force fast is you ain't got no food, so you gotta fast. Oh, y'all, can I get, oh, I'm the only one. I've been on force fans. Like, we go fast today because we ain't got no food. <laughs> oh, we're going to make this a spiritual thing. <laughs> um, all right. So, we pray, so, we're not just praying. Oh, see, a lot of times when people think about love, they think about, like, butterflies. <laughs> I love the Lord. He heard my cry. They think about Whitney Houston and the preacher's wife. I love the Lord. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we have a misconception of love, like, like emotions, like, oh, the butterflies, you know. That's not love. That's not love. L- l- love is tough. L- love, will, love will cover a multitude of sins. So it says, love, may your love abound more and more with knowledge and what? Discernment or judgment. So you need to love with knowledge and judgment, a discernment. You need to have some type of discernment with your love. Your love, need to be, your love needs to be clothed with knowledge and discernment. It shouldn't just be this love, but it should be, you need some knowledge with that love, and you need some judgment or some discernment. You, you discern how to love. You can't love everybody the same. Right. And, and I'm not talking about loving the person more. Or less. I'm talking about being able to communicate, um, you know, um, speak the truth in love. Right. So you, there's a way in which you approach a person in order to open them up so you can speak the truth to them. Amen. And it goes on. Let's continue. It says this. So that and the reason why he's praying that their love will grow more and more with knowledge and judgment or discernment. Verse 10, he says that so that you may approve. Right. What's the goal of that love growing so that they may approve what is excellent and so and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So he's praying concerning the return of Christ, that they will be prepared for his return. He's praying that their love will grow in such a way with knowledge and judgment or knowledge and discernment so that they may prove in their lives what is excellent before God, that they may prove what is excellent and it goes on, and, and that they will be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So he's praying for a purity in their life and a blamelessness in their life for that great day. So why do you want your love to grow? So you can be a lovable person? No. So that you're, on the day of Christ, you can be pure and blameless. And that's powerful. He's thinking about eternity. He's thinking about the return of Christ. This is, this is persistent prayers, prayers of the kingdom. This is beyond just your needs, and you need to pray about your needs, but there is something greater at stake. There is something that God has on his mind. He wants you to be pure and blameless and prove what is excellent in your life by your love walk being filled with knowledge and discernment. Almost finished. Verse 11. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. And my time is up. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So not only is he praying for their love to grow so that they can be ready for that great day, but he's praying that they will be filled with the fruit of righteousness. What is the fruit of righteousness? He's not praying that they'll be righteous because they're already made righteous through Christ. He's praying that they have the fruit of being righteous. 
That fruit is sanctification and holiness. That fruit is the fruit of the Spirit in operation, being filled with the fruit of righteousness. Amen. That comes only through Christ Jesus and to the glory and praise of God. So you need to be, we need to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. So you need to pray, go around praying, Lord, fill me with the fruit of righteousness. That only comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God the Father. I pray that my love will abound more and more with knowledge and discernment. That I may prove what is excellent. That I may be without this so that I can be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Lord, I pray for that day. I pray that I'll be ready. God, I pray that I will produce fruit that will weigh out into eternity. Eternal fruit. Fruit. Fruit in my life. Let the fruit of my life speak echoes in eternity. Let my life speak echoes. Let my good works carry over into eternity. Oh God, only what I do for Christ will last. And so I pray for that my good works will be have an impact on my eternal reward. God, I pray. God, my life is more than my job. My life is more than my family. My life is more than my financial status. But my life needs to count. And God, I'm praying that it'll count for eternity. I'm praying that the fruit of righteousness. I pray that I will prove what is excellent. Oh God, I pray that you will display your glory in my life. May your glory be seen. May I leave a legacy. Oh God, let let, let there be a memorial through my life that will speak throughout all eternity. That's the person that prayed heaven to earth. That's the person that witnessed. That's the person that lived in such a way that was so strong, that was so persistent, that was so consistent that people are still talking about it. They're writing books about it. Or, or, or relatives are talking about old grandmother who prayed. Old grandmother who's lived right. Old grandma who did not shack up and not get married for some on social security reasons. Reasons. Or losing something from the ex-husband or the former husband or former wife. But said, no, if I love you, we won't get married and forget this money. We're going to trust God to take care. You know, older folks, I mean, you one step close to the grave and you still shacking up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this time. I pray that we would be persistent in our prayers and we would pray kingdom prayers. We would pray with eternity on our minds. I pray that each person, sound of my voice, that their love will abound more and more with knowledge, that they will not be taken advantage of. They, 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 will, they will develop real love, the God kind of love, the love that will speak truths when everybody's silent, the love that will be silent at times with knowledge and discernment the love that will stand for righteousness and holiness, the love that will not compromise, the love says, I love you, but I don't agree with you, the love that says, I won't attend your wedding because I don't believe that this is the will of God, the love that will stand in the midst of, 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 of difficult situations. Love, love, God. I pray that our love will abound more and that we may prove what is excellent that we will prove what is excellent, the spirit of excellence, not just in service and how things look and how we look, but excellence in our lives, excellence in our lifestyle. 
will, our lifestyles will represent the glory of God. The glory of God will be upon our lifestyle. That, that, that the outsiders, unbelievers will speak well of our character. We work hard. <laughs> and they say, man, that's a hardworking person. That person represents you on the job. They don't complain. They don't talk about what's going on. They don't get caught up in that, but they speak the truth and love. They are, they are representing the kingdom. God, I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many are going to pray those kingdom prayers and pray concerning eternal, the, the eternal destiny of our lives and the lives of others, that our reward will be great? I'm telling you, there's, a, there's going to be a day where, where God is going to reward us, what we did in this life. And, and I don't want to be one of those persons that are, that's crying and weeping in the sense of that I made it in. It's not just about me making it in. That's, that's, the, that's the least of my concerns, right? But, but my concern is I want a reward. I don't want to weep because I said, I could have did all these things for God, but I don't have enough rewards. Yeah. Oh, God, I could have prayed more. I could have, I could have gave more. I could have been obedient more. And, and the Lord says, you made it in, but your works are burnt up. I don't want to be like that. And while I'm weeping, he has to wipe away my tears. How is he going to do that? I don't know. It's going to be some kind of grace that will wipe away my tears while I won't weep anymore. But I'm going to weep if I have not maximized my life, lived out this kingdom. I don't want to be those Christians that barely make it in. Some Christians are just satisfied with the fire insurance. <laughs> How many know you, we need more than just getting, it in, get, getting into heaven? We want, to, we want to make an eternal impact that our prayers, our lives are, are impacting people around us and people are sensing the glory of God in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just raise, join me standing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today, every eye closed, every head up, head bow. If you're here today and you say, you don't know Jesus in the party of your sins, you're not born again, you want to give your life to Christ, receive Christ, I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.